Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And welcome in to TSL. That's TriStar Sports Live. It is presented by Parks Motor Sales, J.P. Plant, Wes Duncan, with you on this Monday evening, January the 4th, 2021. Salute. Cheers to you, my friend, Wes. Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year, man. I mean, my goodness, we are just hitting the ground running. Uh, Today was the first Monday of the new year. Good to get back to work, you know, and just happy to be here, man. It's going to be a great year. I can feel it. Yep, absolutely. We are excited to be here and a lot to talk about. Uh, Of course, since our last visit uh, before the new year, uh, we've had the college football playoff. We had uh, NFL uh, final regular season week. We know who's in the playoffs. Our Titans are in. Our Titans are AFC South champs as well. And our Titans have another 2,000-yard rusher in birthday boy Derrick Henry. And I know you personally want to wish him a happy birthday, buddy. Absolutely. I mean, the the human freak – we're, we're very fortunate here that the Tennessee Titans are the only team in NFL history to have two 2,000 rushers in their organization. Uh, the first one was Chris Johnson, who ran for 2,000 yards. And then Derrick Henry, which you could tell pretty early in the game yesterday, uh, the way he was running, it, it, you know, he was going to be on pace to get that. Um you know, the game was a lot closer than what we liked. But, I mean, just think about it, JP. He's Today he turns 27 years old. Yeah. All right. Um, and here's the thing. The trivia question for you, pop quiz right here on the air. What do you think the average lifespan of an NFL running back is, JP? Average lifespan of an NFL running yeah, back. career. Yeah, we're talking about career, lifespan. I, I think it's like three and a half years. Yeah. <clears throat> is that right? It's it, It's three to five years three to five years for a running back, all right? Um, and and the reason being is because, the I mean, the physicality of the, the NFL game and the guys are flying around and they're bigger and faster and stronger, uh, but they've never w- seen anybody like Derrick Henry. I mean, he's 247 pounds. He runs like a deer. Uh, he's in – the most unbelievable physical shape, and he gets better as the game gets gets deeper into the contest. Um, and he's conditioned. I mean, he was a freak at Bama, you know, when he was at Alabama in the weight room. But, well, I had the privilege last year of going to Titans coaching clinic and looking up in the weight room, and guess who was the lifter of the summer last year? Was it our boy King Henry? It was King Henry. Yeah, of course. And they said he was he stayed in the weight room every day. And the old expression, hard work pays off. I mean, this kind of success, you know, obviously his offensive line has done a fantastic job, but he couldn't take the physical pounding and the carries if he wasn't in great shape. So that's, I mean, I, the only thing that scares me, though, and I was talking with, couple of the guys at the station earlier. The thing that scares me is our opponent for Sunday. Uh, the last time, um, the last time that we hosted a, a playoff game as the champs, the AFC South champs was in 2009. And guess who we hosted? Oh, I know. 
Yep, the Ravens. Baltimore, mm-hmm. the Ravens. And guess what happened that game? Yeah, uh, yeah, it wasn't good for the good guys. Right, and here's the thing. <laughs> Baltimore's coming in sky high. They've been playing good the last couple of weeks, and you know they've got some revenge on their mind coming into the Titans. Yeah, yeah, there's no can question. Can we control? Can we control their quarterback? Yeah, we've done it once before, uh, somewhat. Uh, Had a success earlier in the year, and uh, we can certainly get into that uh, coming up in just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do have um, um, our buddy Clayton Harris Jr. is uh, in studio. What's up, Clayton? Not a whole lot, guys. I just just wanted – I heard him talking about Derrick Henry, Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to come in and blast Mike Epley for a second. Absolutely. Thank you, Clayton, for coming in because – (laughs) <laughs> Little man Mike always said I wouldn't pay somebody that much money. Exactly. He is worth every penny and probably more. So He should have got Tannehill's contract. I mean, if, if folks remember about this time last year, Mike Epley was willing to let Derrick Henry walk out the door. That's where we were yeah. at a year ago. <laughs> That's right. And you remember me, you, and, and, you know, JP was on the fence a little bit, but we were blasting Mike about this, and I think, you know, Henry's Henry has proven us right, which he usually does. Well, he's a once-in-a-lifetime running back. You don't really see anybody quite like him. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody quite like him. Um, you have to go back many years, uh, but for what he's doing in this day and age with the way the game's evolved, with the passing game, uh, for him to go out and get two thousand yards, uh, he's worth every penny of that twelve whatever million dollars that he's getting each year. So, well, if I'm the owner of the Titans, I'm turning that twelve into about seventy in the next couple of days. Well, they because got they got a they got a tough task ahead of them. Um, Baltimore pl- probably playing their better ball that they've played all year. So, oh yeah, uh, they're, they're going to Lamar Jackson. Yeah, they're going to have to have it together. They're going to have to have it together. The defense is going to have to play a lot better than it has. Um, oh, my gosh. Just don't talk about our defense. I, I, I do think, though, maybe the play calling on Sunday kind of got lost in the fact that they were – to me, it was almost like they were really trying to get Derek those 2,000 yards mm-hmm. and maybe not focusing on the game as much as – I had that same feel, and I mentioned that earlier today on uh, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, that – as it looked like Derrick Henry was going to have a real legitimate shot at the 2,000, which was going to be over 200 yards for the day, it did feel that all the momentum, all the thought process, at least from a fan's perspective, and you know that the players and coaches probably feel the same way too, give it to Derrick Henry. And he had a good run going, probably would have broken it, but he fumbled. Right. And then from that point, they still tried to give it to him. The next time they got the ball, they did not get the first down. And uh, as we talked about, they did not stop uh, the Texans until the final uh, uh, final drive of the game, where they forced them to kick a field goal. Thankfully, but yeah, there there was that part where it's like they forgot they needed to win and, oh, and, and give it to to Henry. Now it turned out that he got it; they got the win thanks to AJ Brown, Tannehill with a great pass, and um, the kicker coming in Slocum. Um, how about how about that? Yeah, uh, let yeah. me let me let me say something real quick. Here, here's the thing that concerns me uh, as a fan and as you know somebody that you know coaches the game. Why aren't I, I've said this 
all the way back to when we were talking about this in March. That pass to A.J. Brown to set up the game-winning field goal, why don't we do that about three times a game? I mean, I've said all along, we got to find a receiver that can stretch the field. And, fellas, if that ain't stretching the field, I don't know what is. That was beautiful. Yeah, a post, I, I, simple post route over the top. I, I don't disagree with that. And I think Corey Davis had an off game. He's had a really good year this year. And, um, you know, I, he had, what, two or three drops. I'd expect for him to clean that up and, and be much better on Sunday because he, he is a very, very good wide receiver and has proved it this year. The first couple, first three years with the Titans uh, were a little bit of a struggle, but having A.J. Brown there to compliment him has really opened up a lot of things for Corey Davis, and, and, and he's a big key to getting those things going uh, in the passing game. And, and Jonu Smith, he had a reception. Right. Uh, need to get him more involved as well. Um it's, it's still going to be tough, though. I think the first one to, to 38, 40 points on Sunday is going to win that ball game. I think it's going to be a yeah. high-scoring ball game. And you got to be excited, as, as JP just alluded to. Uh, you know, our Krispy Kreme donut kicker that just came off of, you know, filling in for our kicker who's been out on COVID. He looked what like a- as if I hopped in a uniform and went out there and tried to kick. <laughs> a little well, short roly-poly guy. If you make that. I mean, who cares what you look like? It doesn't matter. I mean, what a what a great story! It's a great story. I mean, I I was reading about this today. It's funny. Um, Kevin Byard mentioned that he thought he was a scout for the Titans. He didn't even know he was a player (laughs) because he hadn't. Think about it. He hadn't met any of hardly any of his teammates. Well, if he just Uh, comes in 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 regular clothes, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what you would think. Well, and I, these kickers in the NFL, they're weird anyways. I can remember the last Titan kicker, uh, Del Greco, that was good. Uh, they said he used to come up to the game and pull in because security wasn't even going to let him in because he drove a 86 Nissan truck beat up with fishing poles in the back. These kickers, are they're weird. They're weird people now. They're like left-handed pitchers in, in baseball. Hey. If they win the different side of the brain. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, So the Titans uh, will take on the Ravens that we talked about. Their game, by the way, is Sunday at noon central on ESPN. Um, That is the first of a triple header on Sunday, followed by the Bears at the Saints on CBS at 340, and then the night game on NBC at 715, the Browns and the Steelers. On Saturday, the Colts, they get in with a win uh, on uh, Sunday. And uh, Dolphins loss. Uh, they will travel to Buffalo to take on the two, the second seed Buffalo Bills. How about that? Thirteen and three this year. Um, Allen, the quarterback there, a uh, great season. Twelve oh five Central CBS kickoff there. Three forty uh, for game two. It'll be the L.A. Rams at Seattle take on the Seahawks uh, on Fox, and then NBC has the night game on Saturday. It is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Washington Football Team. Um, who won the East, got a win Sunday night. And, you know, I, I was kind of pulling for them. Uh, it's a good story, Ron Rivera. Of course, I, you know, I lived in Charlotte for 10 years where he was the Panthers head coach. And, um, for, you know, for for all uh, all things considered, he, he seems like a, a really good guy and battling cancer. And, um, and also Alex Smith, the quarterback. What a comeback. Yeah. 
and, and, and a great story um, for the Washington football team. That'd be fun to see. I'd, I'd be okay if they beat Brady and uh, Gronk in the Bucks. No. I'd be okay well, with that. It's kind of funny that you'd say that because, you know, it is a great success story between Ron Rivera and Alex Smith. Ron Rivera, for our listeners out there that don't know, uh, he battled cancer all season um, and went through eight weeks of rigorous treatment, chemotherapy. He was, uh, I read this today, JP, which is unbelievable because he'd never talked about it, but he would go in and get IVs at halftime just so he could finish the game and co- finish coaching the game. Went through chemotherapy. Alex Smith went through 17 surgeries to, you know, they had told him he was never going to walk again. They told him he was going to have his leg amputated. And for him to come back and guide this team to a division win, even though they were seven and nine, um, I mean, it's just an unbelievable story. And then I want to talk about this. Can I shift gears for a second? Uh, you this, is it still what, NFL? Washington. Washington, yeah, no, yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah, Go ahead. yeah, yeah. This is about the game. I mean, if you were watching the Washington Eagles game last night, I mean, you got to be concerned. What is this guy thinking for Philadelphia? He had I money mean, on the uh, Washington money line. There's no doubt. <laughs> I mean, Carson Wentz is already saying, I want to trade. Uh, get me out of here because my relationship with Doug Peterson is broken. Um, you got Jalen Hurts, who was doing pretty good, had two touchdowns, you know, was seven and nine. And then you bring in this no name quarterback, a third team guy, and you look like just, I mean, it was just awful. And as Clayton, he might have had money on it, Clayton. That, that, I don't know. That or I mean, he just hates like, the Giants was, more than he does the Redskins. <laughs> or, or, or the Washington football team. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Yeah. And come on, Clay. I'm sorry. Get, give it the time. Clayton, I got a trivia. Sure. Hey, Clayton, I got, a, I got a trivia question for you. Okay. Okay. JP had mentioned the success of the bills while ago, mm-hmm. you know, and Josh Allen, guess who is the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo bills? Brian Dayball. Yes. Great. Tell him what he's won, Bob. Um, we It's funny because me and Clayton were talking about Alabama offensive coordinators, and there's you a good one. Well, they've interviewed two uh, NFL Dayball. guys, too, in uh, Adam Gase and uh, Bill O'Brien. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on as well. We'll probably get an announcement from Saban probably in another week, week and a, week and a half, I would say, before – that decision is made. But, yeah, Brian Dayball has done well. His name has actually been mentioned uh, for some of these. Uh, I think there's six head coaching vacancies as of right now in the NFL. He's interviewing with the Jets. Oh. He is interviewing with the Jets this week. They just announced that. Dan Mullen. Yeah, hmm. Dan Mullen has been uh, has interviewed with the Atlanta Falcons. Wow. So what does that tell you about the situation yeah. at Florida? It's toxic. It's not very good. Well, uh, we'll we'll kind of uh, roll through the, yeah, the six vacancies. We'll get uh, early thoughts on that, plus college football playoff, Crimson Tide, the Buckeyes of Ohio State. We'll talk about it coming up. TSL presented by Parks Motor Sales back after this.
Welcome back to TSL presented by Parks Motor Sales. Pearl Jam bringing us back in the new year. Alive. Yes, we're still alive, Wes. Yes, we are. Absolutely, baby. Yeah, baby. All right. Uh, we're talking a little NFL, and six jobs are open. And maybe uh, one of the biggest names uh, being reported out there with quite a bit of fervor, might I add, is former Ohio State, former Florida, former Utah head football coach Urban Meyer. Former Bowling Green. Yep, Bowling Green. He's been all over the place and been successful everywhere. The Jacksonville Jaguars. That is the place being reported. However, uh, reports from uh, Pro Football Talk and FootballScoop.com are saying that he is seeking upwards of $12 million a year to come out of retirement to coach the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's a lot of cash. A lot of people got more money than they do brains, JP. <laughs> does that? Does, and I'm a huge Urban Meyer fan. But how do you think he would translate to the NFL game? But uh, I don't. I don't. I think his offensive mind, yes, but uh, you know, just because he 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 does a lot of what the the, the NFL teams are doing right now you know, which they said for years would never work in the NFL, mm-hmm. but all of us would, would you know, beg to differ. Um, but it's a different game. I mean, it's hard to – if you're a coach – and I said this about the NBA too, which we don't talk a lot about because we don't like the NBA. Um, it's hard to coach athletes that make four times as much money as you. Uh, yeah. As, um, as a coach, it would be hard to – you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, we need you to practice today. No, I'm not going to practice. <laughs> well, you can't make the kid – you can't make him run. You can't, you know, discipline why You can find him. But guess what? If you're making, you know, $20 million a year, a $5,000, $10,000 fine is like, you know, $0.10 cents to them. Um, but I think, you know, for somebody that's like Urban Meyer who's – always looking for a challenge and, and is a competitor. I think he, I don't, for him, I think that he would regret if he never took the opportunity. Uh, and I think yep. if you go back, you know, Saban was the same way. He wanted to try to the NFL and it didn't take him long to realize, Hey, these guys aren't going to do and aren't willing to do what I want to do to be successful. So that's why he came back. Uh, it's a it's a different atmosphere, and and either you can adjust. Some can, most cannot. There's only been a few that have been successful in both. Uh, but um, it'll be interesting. Uh, Jacksonville, of course, you know, there's still the talk of them potentially moving to London, uh, perhaps. But the idea of uh, Urban Meyer not having to uh, go recruit, not having to travel for that, uh, all he has to do is coach. You know, which I think fits his personality, yeah, don't you think? And, oh, for sure. And here's the other thing, too. I mean, the game has evolved so much now. Um, as a head coach in the NFL now, you know, you got your coordinators and everything. you got to be a manager of players. Um, and let me say, that this is where Urban has struggled a little bit in a sense of that because, you know, at Florida – uh, you know, we found out as time went on and when he left Florida, 
with the Aaron Hernandez situation and all that stuff coming out that he didn't do too good of a job in that situation of managing the players. And what I mean by this, JP, is he's not going to have these egos of these NFL guys because all of these incentives, um, you know, as, as the youngsters say, I got to get mine, you know, mentality <laughs> because the incentives, I'll give you a good example. Like yesterday, you know, uh, Antonio Brown, he, he got, he got an, a million dollar bonus if he caught like, you know, eight balls yesterday. Cause that took him over the certain criteria that he had to have to get a million dollar bonus. You think about that every week, week in and week out, these players, I got to get the ball. I got to get the ball. And you, college coaches aren't like that. They're just not programmed that way. And they, like you said, they have a tough time adjusting to that. Well, you know, if, um, if he does, you know, hypothetically go to Jacksonville, you know, they've got the first pick now. Might he go yeah, with Ohio Goldilocks State? Gonna be... You think so? Or may he want to go with somebody like Justin Fields from Ohio no. State? Justin Fields. Hey, we saw Justin Fields when he ran the ball the other night against Clemson. Um, I mean, and that was a good hit. Um, he's got to have a passer. It looked and like Trevor uh, Lawrence. Justin Fields could pass. He threw the ball awfully well against Clemson. He could. But I'm he saying, did. I mean, you know, you guys give me he, – he threw it really well. He outplayed, he outplayed Trevor Lawrence. Hey, Bl- a blind hog finds an acorn every well, once in a while. But, but he did outplay uh, Trevor Lawrence, but, did he not? On that game, that uh, field that night, he outplayed yeah, Trevor Lawrence. I would agree on that game. Yeah. For sure, okay. yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, let's, let's, let's face it. Uh, Dabo helped with that a lot. I mean, you know. <laughs> But you don't you don't just trash talk a team and tell them you know they're the eleventh best team and then you know you don't take care of your business and I also I don't care what they say um, Tony Elliott not being there to call plays hurt Clemson big time uh, it hurt them big time because that's your that's your coach that's been calling plays all year long um, and he you know. For somebody else to take on that role and then have an input, you know, that is that affected that affected the game plan for sure. But I mean it I don't think to answer your question, I don't think you go wrong with either one of them. I'd still the jury's still out on Justin Fields about, you know. I, I wouldn't do it. I, I'm just, he, I'm just I mean, throwing it out there. A lot of money. Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there because oh, no, it's, you, it's you look at because, you look at what you know, Kyler Murray uh, in Arizona, um, Baker Mayfield is mm-hmm. some kind of in that vein um, with Cleveland. You're seeing some of those types of quarterbacks that are successful. Uh, you know, from an outsider looking in, it would think that he would fit with Urban Meyer and vice versa. Uh, so I don't know. I just throw it out there. It's a potential. You know, to, you know. Let's say that Justin Fields. Uh, I don't see this happening. But what if Ohio State beats Alabama? He has a great game. Oh, that you know, no, I mean, I he could definitely he could move up to stock. a potential number I mean, one. He could stay at number two and go yeah. to the Jets. That's true, and I, I mean, have so nothing to base I mean, this on just just my just my opinion at the moment. No, I, uh, you know, 
and that, you know that's a valid opinion because it's not not just you. A lot of a lot of chirping going on about, hey, Justin Fields. You know, I was impressed hey, with him because I wasn't it, when before. You perform on the big stage like that. Yeah. Right. And and let's let's be honest too, JP. I don't care how many games they played this year. I mean, he is fresh. I mean, they didn't play as many games, but he did it against a Clemson. I mean. Clemson secondary, I mean, I don't care. Those guys are in college football. The next man up should have been ready to go. You can sit there and listen to, you know, Chris Fowler talk about their starting safeties out for this first half, you know, blah, 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 and making every excuse in the book. But they had the same time to prepare as what Ohio State did. And Ohio State came out with a chip on their shoulder uh, they couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the pass. They just got a good old-fashioned butt whipping. Yeah. Um, but that leads into the next story. Uh, if you think that you're going to sit there and run the football like that against Alabama, it ain't happening. Now, where they may hurt Alabama is secondary, you know, throwing the ball. If, if he comes out throwing like that again, uh, you know, he was out of his mind. But if he throws like that again, Alabama could be in trouble. I mean, yep. There's a lot of variables going into that. All right. Um, a lot of openings, as we mentioned. Uh, of course, the Jags we just talked about as one of those. Yep. And um, looking at the other openings, the Chargers, after today, they let go of their head coach. Uh, the Jets, of course, we know. The Jaguars, we mentioned. The Falcons. The Lions and the Texans all open. And here are some of the names that are being banded around uh, for several of these jobs. And I didn't realize this, but uh, Byron Leftwich is one of those guys. Um, he is being talked about with uh, some potential uh, head coaching positions. Greg Roman, Jim Harbaugh, Marvin Lewis could get back in the mix in the NFL. Um, Matt Eberflus, is that right, Eberflus? Uh, Brian DeBole. Of course, is a big name. Eric Bieniemy, also another big name. Raheem right. Morris, Arthur Smith, of course, the OC for the Titans. Uh, Robert uh, Saleh. Also, uh, so those are some of the names that are being uh, thrown about yeah. uh, for many of these openings. It's going to be interesting to see uh, where they all go. Of course, not mentioned there is um, you know what we talked about earlier with Ur- Urban Meyer, and 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 that may be a long shot. That you know that could be a long shot. It's like, it's like bringing John Gruden in. Well, exactly, and you know you hear these rumors all the time. But let me say this, JP, and this is shocking because over the last eight years, who's the one guy that we've heard repeatedly every off season who's going to be a next head coach in the NFL? You remember he's the offensive coordinator for for New England. Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. Notice how his name has not been brought up this year at all. I guess he's and kind it, of the you know, coach in waiting in New that. England. He he kind of is, but here's the thing. You think he's regretting that after this year? I don't because know. Because now that Brady left, you know, it was kind of funny. You know, it's the first time they hadn't made the playoffs, you know, well, in a long time. At some point. You know, those young coaches up there are going to have to learn uh, how to win without Tom Brady because they can't be tied to him for their for their entire careers. I mean, Belichick is 
Yeah, but he's on the oh, last sure. edge, and he's proven himself. He's won. Um, but, um, you know, he's going to have to prove himself. We'll see. But you're right. Yeah, he's he's not as hot uh, of a name as he once was. Um, and he had a short stint with the Broncos that didn't – was season season and a half? Is that right? It wasn't very uh, long. I know. But, he, you know – he brought in Tim Tebow, and they won the playoff game. Yeah, <laughs> which but but I'm going to say this about all those candidates you mentioned. Those are some top top coaches. I'm telling you. Uh, you mentioned the 49ers defensive co- coordinator Salia, great guy, uh, great good coach. The one I'm t- you're going to see get a head coaching job probably before any of them is Eric Bieniemy, who's interviewing at four four of these openings. I mean, he's already scheduled. Um, I don't, I, I think, you know, they'll go after the ball. He'll, he'll be another one. Uh, I don't think Arthur Smith, I think another year, give him one more year as an offense coordinator. Uh, and I think you, you know, he gets a real serious look, uh, but those guys that you mentioned first, uh, they're at the top for sure. Byron Lefwich, uh, he's getting a lot of recommendations recognition because uh he is the offense coordinator for the tampa bay bucks yep and for Brady. and you know L- likes to it, throw the ball down the field more than any sure. other offensive coordinator hey jp did you see this since we're we're nfl heavy right mm-hmm. now I, i'm still baffled by the um the ohio state rookie defensive end who called out tom brady today did you see that i did not no why would you do yeah, that? Yeah, he, he just said, hey, <laughs> Tom Brady, I want Tom Brady. And he said, you tell him I'm coming. There you go. Ooh, Ch- Chase Young. Yeah. I like his enthusiasm. I do too, but guess what? You better be careful poking the bear, man. <laughs> yeah, I think he's proven uh, Brady has that uh, he can uh, he can fight back for sure. Uh, we do want to uh, talk a little college uh, football. So I tell you what, uh, Wes, let's go ahead and take a break. and we come back, we'll talk – uh, college football playoff, um, Alabama, you heard right here on WKOM uh, with their win over Notre Dame. You'll hear them in the championship game on Monday night. Coverage begins at 4 one week from today. We'll hear the highlights from that game, talk about it. Coming up, TSL presented by Parks Motor Sales. We'll be back right after this. Back TSL presented by Parks Motor Sales. JP and Wes hanging out with you on this Monday evening in the new year, January the 4th, 60 minutes shy of the top of the hour. Got uh, coming up uh, Crimson Tide Rewind tonight, I believe. Double check on that. Yep, Crimson Tide Rewind following us right here on WKOM. Later on tonight at 7, it is the Big Orange Hotline. I believe so. Yeah, there'll be some angry callers, especially after what transpired this weekend. Um, yeah, had a, had um, upset to uh, Alabama in uh, Thompson Bowl basketball. Mm-hmm. In, in basketball, basketball, basketball. Um, 
speaking of the uh, Crimson Tide, they had themselves a pretty good weekend with the uh, college football playoff taking on Notre Dame. And uh, second verse, same as the first. Here how, Here's how it sounded on the Crimson Tide Sports Radio Network from Learfield IMG. Live from AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, this is the Rose Bowl. Dodgy bounces off one man, hurdles a man on the right sideline. He'll come down the right to the 30. He's to the 25-20. He's to the 15, and he's out of bounds at the 10-yard line. Play action to him, wide open, far side, deep corner end zone. That was Billingsley for a touchdown. Matt gets the snap, rolls right and throws. It is caught. Touchdown at the goal line. Mack is fine. Devontae is fine. Everything is fine. If you love Crimson, here's Buck looking left. He's being chased. He's taken down. DeMarco Hellums having himself one Hellums of a ball game today. Bama defeats Notre Dame. 31-14 to earn a trip to Miami and a chance to play for national championship number 18. The Alabama Crimson Tide, Rose Bowl champions, Roll Tide. All right, you'll hear that game Monday beginning at 4, one week from today, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, so thus, uh, um, uh, Wes, we will have the night off because of the Alabama pregame show. Hey, I'll be, I'll be tailgating, That's getting right. ready. Um, it's, it's going to be a great game. I, I think you're going to see, you know, a lot of people in Vegas are, are talking about a high scoring game. I don't think so. Uh, you know, I, I, I you're I not buying it. See it. And I'm not buying it because both of these two teams realize they've got to stop the other def- you know, the other offense. So they're going to sell out to, you know, to keep it a low-scoring game. Now, do I think it'll be like a 14-7 to game? No, but I think you're looking at maybe a 28-14, 28-21, something like that. Not a 100-point game like a lot of people are talking about. <laughs> well, it uh, it does have a, a pretty high over and under as uh, taking a look at uh, the early lines on this game as uh, call it back up. Hold on one second. Um, all right, you're gonna make me hey, scroll JP, down while all you're the way. Yep. That up, go ahead. Can we can we go ahead and put the Notre Dame faithful to rest that we never want to hear anything else about Notre Dame in the college football playoffs? They're gonna have to go undefeated I, to get in. I said that you know. I mean, moving forward, ago. yeah, moving forward, they're gonna have to be undefeated. I mean, I felt like this was their opportunity to make their make their case, and I mean, it was it was pretty obvious that they were not even on the same level. I mean, you got to bring your A game, and when you get embarrassed like that, and the, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, it when Najee Harris just superhuman jumped over him, and then proceeded to run thirty yards to set up a score that was you could see the wind out of Notre Dame sales right there. Yeah, clear top three teams, uh, then Notre Dame and, you know, AM, I guess you could argue could be right there. Uh Florida has shown throughout the the season, but they falter towards the end. So really, um, you know, when you think about it, Notre Dame, they're 
uh, you know, they beat Clemson, but it was at home in overtime without Trevor Lawrence. Um, they lost to them in a big fashion in the ACC championship game. Clemson lost big fashion to Ohio State. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's Alabama, it's Ohio State, it's Clemson, and then it's everybody else. I mean, that's the way it is yeah. right now. And here's the thing. I'm going to be honest with you. I think Jimbo Fisher, we've said this a lot, they deserve to be there. I mean, they were coming in eight-game winning streak. He's done a fantastic job. Um, and, you know, they believed in their program. And, and you know, those guys could have, you know, cried over spilt milk and sulked. And I, I loved what he said after the game. Our guys wanted to finish this thing out. None of them opted out. And they played a great ball game. Beat a good. I mean, let's let's be honest. Mac Brown's done a fantastic job at North Carolina. Uh, it was a good game. Uh, but yeah, Texas A and M. You know, uh, but that's why they play it. And next year, if they had the same argument, the, the hopefully the committee will won't even take Notre Dame serious at all. Uh, if we'll see. Um, you know, I I don't have a clue what they've got coming back. Um, but, um, you're right. Uh, too many times now they've been in the playoffs and they have not performed, um, remotely Correct. close to being performing on those levels. So, um, you're right Their uh, their history does not bode well. And that's odd saying about a Notre Dame program, their history is not in their favor. Oh, for sure. And it's, you know, it almost makes you question Brian Kelly because of the fact that. You know, he was making all these rash statements about, you know, they're going to opt out of the bowl game if their fans can't come and stuff like that. And you, which I understand, you know, they went, they were going to move it from the Rose Bowl anyways. But come on, don't, you know, <laughs> this guy's got to perform. He's got to, you know, it can't be the same old song and dance. And, you know, I'm going to segue this in. I'm going to lay it up for you right here. Does this concern you about your Vanderbilt head football coach now? Because, I mean, he's going to now be in the big boy league with Alabama. Uh, and, you know, couldn't stop him the other night with the best players. No, no, it doesn't concern me because nobody can – Stop that Alabama offense. That's that's a one of a kind, world class college offense. Uh, so no, that doesn't bother me. And now nah, I'm I'm not worried about that. Um, you know, that's. But I um, will say, you know, I, I really do like what Vanderbilt's coach is doing. Mm -hmm. He's bringing back some familiar faces. Uh, you know, he's bringing back the running backs coach. Uh, got played at Vanderbilt, running back with him. Um, his name's slipping my mind right now. But a big thing is he has made Barton Simmons mm -hmm. his player development coach. General manager, they're calling him. Yeah, pretty much. That's what it is. But uh, think that's about his it. title. Yeah. Which is yeah. which is like a player development. Uh right. maybe a little but more guess what he did. Yeah. I mean, if anybody knows college football, you know Barton Simmons. He's over twenty four you're recruiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a great guy to have on your staff. Scouting and recruiting, yeah, absolutely. It, it makes it makes a lot of sense. And um, you know, he's he's from Nashville, a Nashville guy. So um, 
that's uh yeah i like it i like vanderbilt kind of looking outside the box a little bit on that uh, before we get away from the bowls um i've got the conference record uh in bowl games for 2020 i think that's always a, an interesting um and i i got a i got some breaking news for you okay before we if you want me to do it now I no, hit, me up. hit me up okay well all the Alabama fans will be ecstatic over this. Uh, from sources in in Alabama's football program, a certain Heisman preseason Heisman candidate who got injured during the Tennessee game suited up and practiced today. Jalen Waddle practiced for Alabama and is set to play in the national championship game. JP. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> as they needed any more to, offensive yep. weapons. Uh, by the way, that line is minus seven right now in favor of Alabama, and the over-under is around 75 to 76. And I promise you that line you just think went it'll up be, when, Yeah, you, but you still think it'll be it'll go under? Yes. Based on what you said earlier. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, conference records and bowl games for 2020. Right now, Big 12, 5-0. Mm-hmm. Five and zero for the Big Twelve. The MAC, two and zero. Um, the Sun Belt, aka the Fun Belt, four and one, and the only loss was to their conference champion, Coastal Carolina, mm-hmm. who uh, lost to Liberty. Uh, the SEC, six and two. Uh, not great, but um, not bad. No, it's it's not bad. You know, they were. If you just look at uh, the rankings, there were. Oh, at least three games where an unranked SEC team was was playing a ranked ACC or ranked Big Ten, and uh, the SEC has uh, come out on top. And guess who went winless mm-hmm. in the bowl season? That would be the ACC. Yep, zero and six, zero and six. Now they had some tough matchups. Um, you know Notre Dame against Alabama, Clemson against Ohio State. You know, they had two in the uh, in the playoffs, which is pretty good. Miami uh, lost to Oklahoma State. Uh, North Carolina had a tough matchup with Texas A&M. So, anyway, there were, um, there were tough matchups. Conference USA 0-6 as well. So, those were the bottom. The Pac-12 had two teams play. They uh, went 0-2. Um, and um, so, there you go. Big 10, 3-1. Uh, but those are some of the conference records um, for 2020. And uh, let me see, do we do we have any bowl games left? Are we all there's done? There's one. I, I thought so. Yeah, I'm. Uh, let me go back here. I thought there's. I think there's one. And uh, and check that out. Uh, we're we're thinking live on the radio. You know, thinking out loud live on the radio. That's that's how we do it here on TSL, right? It's but that's okay. I mean, it's a that's live what show. Keeps everybody on their toes. That's right. Yeah, for it's sure. A, it's it's a conversation. You know, it is a conversation. It is. Uh, all right. Uh, let me look at uh, what we've got uh, coming up. <clears throat> hey, what about me. tomorrow? Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. As you're looking at for the game, you got to remember the Heisman Trophy will be handed out tomorrow night. Who wins it? Um, I, oh, hands down, I think it's Devontae Smith is going to win it, followed by Matt Jones. And it really should be in third place. Should go to Najee Harris. 
I mean, even though I, I think it's a, I think it's ridiculous that they put him at five instead of, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, Kyle Trask shouldn't I'm, even. Been, yeah, I'm not seeing any any uh, any more games. So there you go. Hey, hmm. we've been wrong before. Well, That's you know, okay. a lot have been canceled. Um, so there could have been, you know, typically there's there's some that are scheduled, you know, after New Year's, and uh, those all could have been canceled. So anyway, um, so we've got uh, NFL to look forward to uh, again on uh, Saturday. Uh, we have three games as um, as we start to stroll out of here. Uh, on this Monday night, we have three games on Saturday, including uh, the Colts and um, the Bills. That is the uh, first game. As my internet, there we go. Come on. Of course, you go back to there. The Colts. We do have one bowl game left, JP. We do? Did you find one? The Senior Bowl. Oh, oh cool. The Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl. <laughs> okay. There you go. The Reese Senior Bowl. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Saturday in the NFL, uh, wild card weekend, Colts at the Bills on CBS at noon. Uh, it is the Rams and the Seahawks on Fox at around 340, and then on NBC Saturday night, the Buccaneers against the Washington football team. Sunday, the Titans have the first game at noon as they host the Ravens on ESPN. So um, get the Monday Night Football crew with Steve Levy and company. Uh, the Bears at the Saints at 340 on CBS. And NBC has uh, the Browns and the Steelers uh, Sunday night. So two triple headers back-to-back. I-, I like this seventh team in the playoffs. I like it. Mm-hmm. It- what do you think about it? I do, too. Yep, I like it. I like it. Well, I hope I, we I, keep it. I think so. it's do or die time for the Titans. I mean, we – we say it, it's win, keep going, lose, and you're out. There you go. All right. Hey, uh, tune in tomorrow, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, right here on WKOM, and also adding WZYX to the mix. New affiliate for the show on Tuesday and Thursday. So the debut down in uh, the Franklin County area tomorrow uh, for that. Uh, it's going to be fun. All right, uh, for Wes, I'm JP reminding you, radio still loves you. Have a great Monday night. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow.